0: Why don't you take us in, Andrew?
1: I was just about to. I was so ready. Hello and welcome, everyone, to this episode of the official podcast. Completely professional, fully, fully set up, ready to go. Everyone is here. Everyone is calibrated. Everyone is locked on target. And our target for this lovely episode is Mr. Emp Lemon, who is sitting, I don't know, six feet away from me in a different room. Mr. Amp, why don't you set the stage, tell
2: everyone who you are? That's right, Andrew. Thank you for the kind introduction. Finally, the downward spiral has arrived at the official podcast. What happens when you combine the downward spiral with moisture? Well, you might end <laughs> up with a tempest, the likes of which the world has never seen. But we're going to find out here. It's great to be here, guys. I appreciate you for inviting me on the show and... Uh, Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be here at the Moist Official Studios. Even though this is a Discord show, I happen to be in town for a a different show I'm watching tonight. So I figured might as well make it thematic. I'm surrounded by tons and tons of Charlie and Moist merchandise right now. So it's definitely getting me in the mood for this um, for this wonderful show today.
0: Yeah, thanks for joining us. That sounded like a League of Legends champion spotlight with like the, <laughs> yeah. the, the
3: Tempest.
2: <laughs> I, like that was cool. a, I like how you yeah. brought your own little speech to introduce yourself. That, yeah, was, that great. was nice. <laughs> thanks. I've been trying to work on my uh, my wrestling promos, despite not being a pro wrestler. I'm trying to bring <laughs> it to YouTube.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, so uh, it sounds like Andrew put you in the merch. Room, which is cool, so that'll absolutely get you in the mood to get wacky. One and I of thirty think,
1: different rooms here that are all just themed to Charlie's tastes.
0: Well, <laughs> if they were all themed to my taste, there'd be a lot more Moonfall merch in there, Jackson. Oh, oh, what crap. a segue!
2: I, uh, yeah, I have you seen Moonfall, Imp? Um, I have heard of it. I saw the trailers, but I, I did <laughs> Come not. Come on,
0: we can't talk about Moonfall.
2: He doesn't know a thing
0: about we, it. We he saw the trailers. We can at least touch on it, Jackson. This is a special day. You watched the moon fall, brother. That's like That's losing true, your virginity. Jackson. But more it important. Is.
4: Look, it was special and everything, but I told you this like one sentence before the podcast started and I should have added on. I watched it like three months ago.
0: You're a sick motherfucker. You watched <laughs> yeah, it three the months the ago and didn't say anything
4: i didn't think to no, say anything i thought we were all gonna watch it together at some point and then that never happened so i just like watched it and forgot about it
1: can you really wait what? to watch moonfall jackson you kind of just have to watch it because it's just Well, that's what i did yeah it's it's worth just doing you know just get it in
4: there just do it i i will say it was life-changing that movie yep. was like a revelation oh, yeah. i didn't know cinema could reach such heights it Neither was, it was incredible. no
2: no in and you way. need to watch it. I will try to watch it one of these times now that it's getting such high praise from everyone. I, I watched a YouTube video essay about it. Maybe that oh, counts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was, yeah, it from, yeah. was it
0: from Charlie? No, 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 no. I know what he's talking about. It actually just got posted. I can't remember who posted it, but they made a whole video essay on, on Moonfall called The Greatest Disaster You've Never Seen. It's from Pointless Hub. Did they, well, did they break bit, down the whole movie
1: and why it's amazing?
0: I haven't finished watching it yet, but uh, it looks like they, they got the hype of Moonfall.
1: Oh, I got to watch that. That sounds excellent. Uh, So we can spiral. Uh, look at that. We can spiral off of this topic to one that'll be relevant to Emp. Emp, what is your favorite bad movie? Your your all-time classic bad movie?
2: Huh, bad movies. It's weird. I tend to not watch bad movies, but oh, um, in shame. terms of... Man, I really got to think about that. Um... Can I offer an underrated movie that's underappreciated instead? Sure, sure. Um, I think that um, "Surfs Up" from 2007 is one of the greatest animated movies of all time. Surfs
0: up. That's it's the penguin
4: surfing. The one movie. with yeah, yeah.
2: Co- Cody Maverick, the surfing penguin. And it also has uh, Napoleon Di- Dynamite as Chicken Joe.
4: Oh, it's an animated. Oh, yeah. It's an animated. Why are you guys so surprised about a movie starring penguin surfing? It's not that big of a deal.
1: Jackson Isaac sees it like all it the time exist. in Australia. He looks out <laughs> yeah. his window and sees like three <laughs> of them a day.
4: That's how that's how penguins get to work. It's easy.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, people don't give this movie the respect it deserves. It's actually I don't one remember of the- watching
4: it. I don't remember it being like.
2: Excellent, or anything. It's what? one what? of the so most. It. It's one of the most sneakily innovative movies of all time. People think that like Avatar in 2010 was the first movie to like integrate sort of 3D spaces and um, just integrated camera work, but it was actually Surf's Up 2007 that pioneered this technology. Where what they actually did to film the movie, they had a physical camera hooked up to um, a computer where they had rendered full 3D spaces. And um, what they would actually do is they take the camera basically into the 3D space. Like, their motions were mapped into the space. So it created this unique situation where they could actually do multiple takes of camera work um, with the same animated sequence. So normally, I think, in conventional 3D animation, you'd have to, like, map out the camera movement, like, keyframe, all of that. And it would take forever. But um, by hooking it up directly to the computer, it allowed them... To run the same scene back, the same 3D scene, and have different camera angles, basically different right. takes in real time. Um, huh. if, if you rewatch the film, it's uh the style is actually it's very nice. It's very nice to watch. It's a mockumentary style, but it's in the computer, and it really adds to like the realism. Well, it's yeah. talking of penguin, penguin surfing. surfing, right? Yeah, yeah but... realism of penguin surfing. <laughs> yeah, they
1: mocap it... penguins and everything for the
4: role. <laughs> They put penguins in the computer, uh, <laughs> but like um, you said, like the, the camera is placed in the three D project or whatever. Isn't that just like putting the camera in a Unity game project and then putting like you know uh, game objects in there and then animating them? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not move sure the camera around that.
2: I'm not sure the comparisons as it goes to game design, but it they did build like fully fleshed out three D three D spaces because I think normally in animated movies you'd only build out where the camera is facing. Yeah, but yeah they they built the full environment as if I guess it was a, a game world, and yeah, um, that's what it so sounds it, like. Yeah, it gave that them ge- do cinematics and game
4: dev. I think.
2: Yeah, so maybe it's more similar to that, but um, to put it fully into like a fully rendered 3D animated project, I believe it was the first time that integrated like 3D camera technology was used in a feature film. Right. Okay.
4: So the filmmaking was impressive. Maybe not as impressive as Moonfall, but that's a conversation right, right. for a different day. Was the film itself did it tell a compelling story? Was it something that got you emotionally hooked to the the tale of surfing penguins or was it just the filmmaking that was impressive?
2: Yeah, the story is not like the most complex story, but I I've, I've been rewatching a lot of the clips from the movie and uh the the, the writing is tight. It like, it does not it does not really come off as like a movie that's deliberately made for children like the Mario movie. Um yeah. it is uh it, it can be read well to an adult audience and um it, it doesn't seem like it's like pandering to children and all like the uh like the minions. It's 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 nicely written and the story's tight. It wraps up pretty quick, but yeah um it, it looks really good. That's just that's <laughs> that's the, the main made. thing <laughs> like there's a lot of there's a, there's a lot of like cursed Old animation from like the '90s and 2000s, where the three the feel of 3D animation and film was just getting started. Plasticky. Like, now, like is, how,
1: is this movie a ripoff of Happy Feet that premiered I only was,
4: a year oh before? Man, I was going to say the exact same thing. It, it is bizarre. Say, what's with
2: all the penguin movies, yeah. Yeah, in the 2000s, there was a bizarre movement in Hollywood to make penguin movies. There, it started with March of the Penguins and oh, then Happy yeah. Feet. Oh yeah, yeah, March, yeah of March of the
4: Penguins. And then that um, David adenberg or something?
2: Might be. Did he Might he I think that? so.
4: Well, more
1: importantly, Jackson, much more importantly, is Happy Feet was directed by George Miller, who
4: went on mm-hmm. to direct yeah. Mad Max Mad Fury Max. Road. That, yeah, that was his training wheels. So He's getting ready for yeah. like... That's what prepped him for the role, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just for some reason in the 2000s, there's this huge movement in Hollywood to make Penguin movies. And then after Surfs Up, it was never again. Unless you count Surfs Up to Wave Mania, starring. Yeah, I was uh, going to say. Vince Man and Triple H. But uh, that's not. <laughs> It's not that's not quite the same. The yeah. uh, same caliber that we're talking about here. Wait, just a, whoa, 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 <laughs>
0: Wait a minute, though. Surfs Up Two has like all WWE wrestling cast. Yes. Yeah, it was
4: really? WWE yeah. sponsored, yeah. I think, right? They sponsored it.
2: Yeah, it, it was like I think it was a subdivision of WWE's film studio, and they also <laughs> they also Holy made one shit. with
4: Scooby Doo.
1: Yeah, the the Scooby Doo meets WrestleMania. That's where John Cena punches a boulder and it explodes.
0: That's so fucking oh, yeah. cool.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's maybe, cool, but the movie was trash, apparently. So. Maybe those are my favorite bad movies. I love campy WWE stuff. Those should be your favorite movies in general.
0: Yeah, just like in general. I didn't maybe know that's, they did these crossovers. You didn't <laughs> know about the Scooby-Doo one? No,
1: what? There's this scene where there's a boulder going down a hill and the gang is pinned up against a cliff and they're like, we're doomed. We're dead. And John Cena's theme starts playing and he jumps down (laughs) and he like either he either crushes it or throws it away. But he literally just attacks a boulder and he's like, you guys, all right. It's
2: great. (laughs) Yeah, he disintegrates the boulder. with his pure strength. There's actually a whole universe of uh, WWE movies produced by like their in-house studio. There's like stuff starring the Miz, stuff starring Triple H. Do you remember the? I think it was the first one. Do you remember See No Evil with Kane? Maybe yeah. It? Maybe maybe that was the beginning. Yeah. Of the the illustrious WWE films. Charlie, did lineage. you ever
0: watch that?
1: Was it? Yeah. See No Evil, the Kane horror movie.
0: No, I never saw that. Yeah, I they so I just looked movie? it up.
1: 2006, No Evil. It was their, I believe, first movie ever. Yeah, first major film produced by WWE Films. <laughs> and it's a <laughs> horror movie where Kane plays like this stalkerish monster man who lives in a hotel. And the scene I remember vividly as a kid, because I was like, oh, Kane, wrestling, the best, is um, he wires up a bunch of bells throughout the hotel to know where the people are so he can go kill them. And he has right. one tied to a bed. Wait, like Kane?
5: from john wick
1: no no kane no, the wrestler
2: the, re- the wrestler no i know oh yeah yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> oh i got you. but um he he ties one to a bed and when two teens start fucking on it the bell just starts ringing vigorously and he's like that's my cue to kill
0: them and it's just such a <laughs> stupid movie that's awesome i just looked up wwe studios that wasn't their first movie Brother, they did the first Scorpion King and the Rundown and what? Walking Tall. What the fuck? What? Oh, that's yeah. why. Wait, the- what, Scorpion? That was, that's why The
4: Wait. Rock was in it. Yeah. Wait, which Scorpion King? Like the first the- Scorpion
0: King. No way. Like Mummy
4: Two. You mean?
0: No, 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 no. The, the Scorpion King was a spinoff. Yeah, it was after a the spinoff. Was it? Okay. Yeah, it was good though. I liked it. Damn. Okay. But the Rundown, I still think, is one of The Rock's best movies. I I absolutely loved this movie growing up. Maybe we need to do, like, a WWE movie night. Yeah, we probably should. This act, they have a really good early resume. Recently, they've kind of fallen off. You got Surf's Up 2, Wave Mania, hey. the Jetsons <laughs> and WWE Robo, Robo WrestleMania. The, that's, that's cool. The, the Marine <laughs> 5. Oh, Birth of the Dragon. That's right. Man, fuck WWE Studios. I, I gave Birth <laughs> of the Dragon, like, a 5% on the voice meter. They blocked that video once a year. No. What? Yeah. <laughs>
3: Vince, well, Vince has guy to get it
0: under control. Earth of the Dragon was their, it's it's a bafflingly awful film. It was supposed to celebrate Bruce Lee, but they ended up making him the villain of his own movie. <laughs> and they put the main character, just some like random, like nonsense dude who has nothing to do with anything except being an active spectator. It's a terrible, Look,
2: terrible movie. They don't want eyeballs on the moist wrestling league. They truly see it as the legitimate competitor it is, and they're trying to squash you just like they did with all the other territories back in the day. Goddamn
0: right. They had to team up with the UFC just to compete with the Moist <laughs> Wrestling League.
1: <laughs> oh, man, this movie looks horrendous. Uh, Earth of the Dragon is terrible. Is the, that would is be the main character, keep. Charlie, a man named Wong Jackman?
0: No, but that's a real person. So it's supposed oh, to be about okay. Bruce Lee's <laughs> fight with him. The main character is just, like, a random fucking guy. Let me see what his name is. I was,
1: I was just, uh, taken aback by how cool of a name Wong Jackman is.
0: Yeah, no, he was a big deal back in the day. From everything I've read, he was, he was like, the real deal. The the guy they introduce is Billy Magnuson. Well, <laughs> oh, that's the wait, actor. Isn't that, wait, isn't that the guy that did Fire Festival? Billy Magnuson? Yeah, it sounds f- super familiar. I yeah, Charlie, that's that. the
1: actor's name. His character is Steve McKee.
0: Yeah, no, no, I was saying that's who the actor is, though. That's oh, who they introduced. Oh, okay,
1: okay, yeah. Uh, no, never mind, it was Billy McFarland. Well, this I'm movie was a huge hit, fix. though. It had a budget of $31 million and only made $7 million. <laughs> yeah. That's,
0: that's fucking awful. That's good to hear. The movie fucking sucked. It was
2: so bad. <laughs> oh, God. Man, I, I need to watch more of these. I'm I'm not a true WWE fan until I watch all of them, I guess.
1: That's, that's completely true. That's the yeah, truth.
2: You, get, you got six Marine movies to catch up on, Soldier, I'll
0: tell you right now. Oh, <laughs> Those are not
2: looking good. Oh, boy. Let's here's see, Lord a, of the Rings trilogy or the Marine hexology? Take here's your pick. The, um, here's the philosophical
1: debate with all this. Are the rock movies still considered WWE movies?
0: The, the early ones 100% are yeah no doubt at
1: what point does he cross over from it's a wrestler in a movie to it's just the rock in I think when he became the,
0: the tooth fairy
5: oh, the, true, oh you think so <laughs> the tooth fairy I the tooth
0: fairy this is this is a deep cut I don't know how many of you saw this movie but I would say the day that the rock stopped being just a WWE guy was when he was with John Travolta and Vince Vaughn and be cool <sighs> be cool hmm. i trying to that remember that it was a it wasn't a good movie I didn't like it but that was like his first star-studded cast appearance I think and it was a box office success I just looked it up 95 mil mmm so I think that's when it really happened for him be cool yeah I've never heard of this
4: so did he stop being a WWE star at that point
0: I don't know if it was like that year but that's when I. for me that's when that... people started taking him seriously yeah.
4: in that capacity
0: well, that's when I was like, oh, okay, so he's, like, actually doing acting. Because this was not an action role. This is actually probably the most different role he's ever taken. In this movie, he's, like, a, a wannabe actor, and his catch, was catchphrase, his signature move is raising his eyebrow. And that's, like, his whole thing. Well, that's <laughs> his whole thing now, year, for real, uh, isn't
4: it? That's still his yeah. thing, yeah. That's no, that, that still now. is his thing. And that was, like, wow. his
0: character's core component in that movie.
4: Do you guys actually like him? I like The Rock.
1: I, I think he's fine. You know, you you get so what you expect with the rock. rock.
0: I'm, I'm I'm pretty tired of him as well.
2: I think I'm he has so a he has a corporate side, he has like a mainstream friendly side, but I think like the true rock underneath sometimes you see glimpses of it still very <laughs> entertaining. Like do you see like there's like that out of context clip of him like talking about I think one of his friends albums and he says, This is the biggest piece of dog shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 funny to listen to him actually be savage, but he's very um he's very brand friendly for most of his appearances so i think most people don't get to see that side of him anymore yeah i think it's just that's what it is it's just mainly
0: corporate now i've always liked him from what i saw but recently i've just stopped liking him a lot especially after everything he keeps is yeah overexposure but also like the interviews he does now he seems very different like with black adam and shit in particular like he just seems <laughs> like an asshole yeah, like, yeah, he he, he seems to have adopted Black a Adam. very
1: a very fake personality in the last yeah. few years. It just
4: comes well, off as be. super plastic. You have to be in the in the uh, entertainment biz. You can't like, really. What does he say during the
2: He was seething so much that Black Adam was not performing as well as Wakanda too. Yeah, like, and he got very combative with it.
0: He, like, wouldn't budge on half of the shit for Black Adam. Like, he didn't want to do any, like, Shazam crossover. The Rock has must have some kind of clause in his contract where he can't be a bad guy. So they had to make him, like, a sympathetic, almost anti-hero for the movie. Like, and then the way he'd go on to talk about it afterwards seemed like he accepted no
2: responsibilities. Like, eh, you guys just don't get it. It's your fault. <laughs> yeah, I remember he posted that thing like, we're just in our first year. Black Panther's established franchise. We should be proud. They should be celebrating us.
0: Oh, God. What the fuck? What? I didn't
2: see that, I don't think. I didn't know about it, that either. It was, it was on, like, Twitter or Instagram or something. He made a very seething post. You could tell that his uh, his fingertips were steaming after he uh, posted that. Jesus. That's so fucking <laughs> ridiculous.
1: That's so funny. He must have hurt his ego. Have you watched like his um, Have you watched his Instagram post? I think it's Instagram where he tries to give motivating things, but he just comes off like he's condescending and talking down to a child where he'll be like, Hey, it's me. The rock. I just finished a really big workout and I wanted to let you guys know about integrity and like, he'll just talk <laughs> like he's talking to a seven year old.
0: <laughs> I've seen a couple of those. Like they never rubbed me the wrong way, but he did one for the fucking game awards. I'll never forgive him for where Jeff Keeley's like, and then here's the rock to talk about, I don't remember it, but it was supposed to be gaming-related, he's like, hey, this is The Rock. I'm here drinking my Zoa. Zoa is one of my beverages you can find right right.
1: now. Oh, man, I... I, Oh, God, I think you just reminded me of another one he did on Instagram where it was the same setup where he's in the gym, and he goes, I'm wearing my best Under Armour tee. It's really comfortable, but I'm here to talk to you today about (laughs) strength. Thanks to Under Armour.
0: It's like, oh, God. It's just so fucking corporate, and then he... (laughs) Oh, uh, God, that interview with Jeff Keighley was... Interview's the wrong word, but that statement at the Game Awards... Advertisement. The wrong, yeah, yeah. Oh, ad was so bad. Uh, oh,
1: hang on. Oh, my... Hang on, guys. Everyone, wait. Everyone, stop. I, my, my incredibly strong and tight, flexible abs have just started cramping really bad. Oh, there we go. It's because I did an incredible ad workout thanks to Fitbod. FitBot is... Well, it's an incredible workout tool. It's an incredible workout machine on your machine, your device, your phone, your what have you. It is an app that will use all the technology at their disposal to find the perfect workout routine for you. They will personalize it to your goals, your fitness level, your available equipment, and it will learn from your previous workouts and adapt as you improve. It is the perfect companion to help you get that beach bod for this summer. Now, if you live down in Florida with Charlie and I, that's not going to happen because it rains every single day in the summer here because weather is stupid. The weather is very stupid, but you will not be stupid because you will weather the storm of creating an incredible workout for yourself. Pick a fitness goal, select your equipment, FitBod will do the rest. Learn new movements the right way with over 1,400 demonstration videos. Whether you have a weight room or a living room, FitBod will have you covered. There's no better time to level up your fitness habit. Try FitBod today. Get 25% off of your subscription and try the app for free at fitbod.me official. That's fitbo slash official. And while you are officially jacked, while you're just so big, and so strong and huge. I would describe all those things with you. You can look at your budget and say, when did this get so huge? What? Wow. Rocket money is going to make sure that you are hanging on to the money that you actually use. How many subscriptions do you have active right now? Now, follow up question. How many of them are actually like used? How many of them do you actually participate in? Well, probably not all of them. And that's where Rocket Money comes in. It's an all-in-one finance platform that will help you save money and spend less. It helps you manage your subscriptions, lower your bills, build custom budgets, grow your savings all in one place. We're entering the new era, folks. We're old. We're crusty old gentlemen falling to dust. When I was growing up, when Kai was growing up, because we're the oldest old fucks, we didn't have to rely on subscribing to everything. Kind of just bought your media and your stuff. But now there's like Netflix and Hulu and NBC Plus and Peacock and a Disney Plus and ABC Family and blah, blah, blah. What was it, BMW, Mercedes? One of those two wanted to charge people every year to make their car faster? Come on, get rid of those subscriptions you don't bother with. With Rocket Money. You can also set budgets so that way you get little notifications letting you know what's going on. You can monitor your credit, seeing if there's important changes to impact your score. You can set up smart savings that will withdraw money from your account automatically so you don't have to worry about setting aside a savings budget to save more and spend less join the three and a half million members using rocket money go to rocketmoney.com official or click the link in the description to get started for free or unlock even more features with premium that's rocketmoney.com official to get started for free get your money right with rocket money why is it that every single time a celebrity tries to do anything game-related, it comes off as the most ham-fisted shit on the planet? No, like no, the
4: Chris no, no, Pratt Henry interviews. Cavill.
0: Henry Cavill, I absolutely he, yeah, Okay, fair, fair. Henry Cavill. Even Keanu Reeves for Cyberpunk was, like, super into it. Genuine fair, Indian. fair. Jack I guess, Black I for The I mean uh, Legend. I,
1: I guess I mean more, like, the biggest mainstream names. Like, I'm referencing the Chris Pratt Mario interview was another classic. Yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yeah,
1: It's just because they have to. But yeah. it, you gonna sell the, product? the clip
4: have you guys seen the clip of uh, Henry Cavill floating around where he's like nerding out on this talk show interview talking yeah. about uh, what what is it? Warhammer, is, isn't that, the fu- Warhammer? yeah? Where he turns
1: yeah. around and he's like, I don't mean to interrupt, but that looks like the Death Stronghold from Warhammer. Blah blah, blah
4: that uh, one. No, I don't know. He's talking about. He's a, he, my point is he's talking about it and he's like nerding out about it. And then the the hot girls on, on the cast have the audacity to laugh at him about it. I'm like, <laughs> God damn and it! Isn't the it, weirdest thing, thing that no, they were Henry trying Cavill to like, like reverse? This shit cool.
5: They were trying to reverse me to him. Where they were angry that he wasn't sexually harassing them. He he didn't want to have like sex scenes in The Witcher for Netflix. Oh, that's and completely apparently he different. Kept he kept nagging them to change the script to make it more accurate and to, to take out all the garbage that the writers were adding, and apparently this really pissed off the writers and everything. Oh, are you telling yeah, yeah. me
4: That was about Witcher, yeah.
5: Yeah, I read an article kind yeah, of about
0: that recently where there was supposed to be like a sex scene between him and someone else, and he's like, well, this yeah. wouldn't happen in the book, so I don't want to do it. Dude,
1: Henry Cavill sounds about like it. the man, holy shit. That
0: sounds yeah, no, awesome. Henry, Henry Cavill's fucking awesome. That guy's great. I, yeah, I love I, him. There's also that still famous... Um, Interview's the wrong word, but famous story where Henry Cavill almost didn't get the role of Superman because he was too busy in a raid in World of Warcraft, so he missed, like, the first round.
4: That's yeah, so you know, cool. I, whenever I, when I heard that story the first time, I was like, yeah, yeah, right, this is just, like, a PR thing to make him, like, quirky and cute and, like, digestible to people for whatever reason, but then, like, more stuff that came out about him, I'm like, okay, yeah, this dude. Yeah, this no,
0: he, is, he's just is a, a gamer. Yeah. 100% believe that shit now.
2: That's fucking awesome. We must yeah, find I, them. We must really find like the him. hidden gamers in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, put yeah, out a call to, to action. Do you want game to give a representation?
0: Please? Actually, I, I there is a little rabbit hole's the wrong word. There's another very prominent gamer that you wouldn't expect to be one. It's Mila Kunis. Ellen. What the oh. fuck? No, Ellen's never touched a game <laughs> in her life except when Ninja was on her show. No. Yeah, yeah Mila, I, Mila, I can see her playing Farmville. Wow. Okay,
1: Farmville. Jackson. Jesus
4: Christ. <laughs> that was a bit. Of yeah. After she's in I the guess. kitchen
1: making my dinner, I could see her maybe picking up a Facebook game.
4: Yeah. Well, Farmville was super popular with like Farmville uh, was very popular. Soccer mums and shit like that. Has she said what she plays?
0: <sighs> Who Mila Kunis?
4: Yeah.
1: No, huge
0: <laughs> huge World of Warcraft gamer hmm. I think it was wow. I think it was her she used to make like a living s- uh, selling accounts or some shit I think that was her yeah. could be a different celebrity but she was a big wild gamer cool yeah which I she's, thought was cool
2: so she's doing like what the Venezuelans are doing
0: oh yeah. for RuneScape.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like the family guy check is not enough she's gotta she's gotta go out and farm uh, I'm gonna farm go close gold. my
0: door the dogs are kinda going nuts give me two seconds sorry
4: yeah, um, did you guys hear that Family Guy might be shutting down filing Oh America thank yet? God! Yeah, thank it's God. a bad fucking time. Love I've actually come energy. around to
2: liking Family Guy again. I've come no. back around.
1: Really? It's oh. been it's
2: been going on so long, and the shtick is so much where it's just like, Oh, okay, whatever. It's like I Let's guess it's like professional wrestling. <laughs> no, no, I've, I've gone through the cycle. Okay, first it was like, <laughs> oh, Family Guy's funny. And then it was like, oh, man, they're just trying really hard to be edgy. It's getting really uncomfortable. But now they've been around for so long where this is just an institution. It's just an institution of entertainment yeah, it's an institution culture. It's institution
4: of insane people that watch it still. Yeah. I don't know what? if I've
5: ever heard uh, Family Guy described as edgy.
1: What? what you, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, uh, hey, man,
5: whoa, 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 whoa. They, they are, are the edgier of the cartoons. Family
1: Guy is without a doubt one of the most mainstream edgy cartoons there is yeah,
2: yeah. How How is, now, uh, actual mainstream? edgy
1: actual edgy no but for like normal people who watch fucking cable cartoons and shit it's definitely up there like with right, the south yeah, fox uh,
2: above it right yeah south park's mm, more edgy they, they have yeah. the, pro- the whole thing with the prophet muhammad and yeah. uh that's that's definitely something that family guy would not be able to do yeah. on fox i, I think the edges really,
1: Realistically, if you're watching TV, the only place to get really edgy or animation is Adult Swim. But I think even yeah. then, Family Guy's on Fox, so you still have the people who just watch basic regular
2: they, shit watching. They've gotten it. away with a lot. There was one episode where like uh, Brian impregnates Stewie or something, and they have like <laughs> incest like dog humanoid babies. Yeah. yeah. So, well,
4: not even that, like Brian fucks
0: regular human women constantly <laughs>
2: in oh, that yeah. show. Yeah,
0: he th- that was a big plot point. He even I, Tiana watches it, so I still see rogue episodes here and there. There was a whole plot point about Brian like uh, marrying a like a crack whore or something in a trailer park. Like it, it's a big plot point in that show.
2: Yeah,
0: I Sorry, still like
2: Family Guy. I still think it's fine. Uh, the fact, I like the first three
4: seasons, maybe yeah. two seasons. Family know, Guy generous. started
1: very good, and then it spiraled off into just, like, it, it's a sketch show. It's a skit show with a very, very loose plot that's just there to push the skits, you know?
2: I just like the what new meme, where um, people are doing important events, and then they're just holding up their phone and watching Family Guy saying, nah, this boring as hell. <laughs> I've seen that trend. It's pretty so good. So you just like the memes? Do you like the actual show? When there's an episode on, I'll still watch it. You like the okay, concept of Family
1: Guy, not the actual show.
2: I just I just like that it's there for me to return to. Like the hearth in in, in a comfy <laughs> home, in a comfy den. The waystone, I can, yeah. I can turn on the TV and some channel will probably be playing Family Guy and it'll be like, eh, acceptably funny television. I
4: do, I do get that having like a comfort show that you know isn't very good, yeah. but it's
2: still like... Feels yeah like jackson splinter. does that with futurama
0: futurama is a fucking great show what the fuck that's, 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 that's like it, an actually very good
1: terms, show i don't mean in terms of quality i mean in terms of you have a comfort show that you just you just put it on no matter what oh, i've got it's plenty of comfort
4: there. shows that are actually good but like my what i was talking about then was like there's shows that you know are bad but you can still enjoy it as like a comfort. which is your like bad show fat, that fat you wagon. like jackson Oh, I don't. I have good taste. What about you guys?
5: <laughs> <laughs> mm, Bob's Burgers, maybe? Oh, it's that's an answer. Shit.
1: Dude, that's an answer for me. I have watched like six seasons of that show, and it never really makes me laugh, but there's just something about it where I, I don't mind that it's on. It's, it's got a little charm to yeah, it. Yeah, it's charming. It's yeah, easy it's... to follow. It's It's got a chuckle every now and then. I don't hate it. I watch that you know, pretty every now and then. Yeah, you know, there's In a the show. French there's is... a sh-
5: I don't know. It, there's like one character that saves the whole show, which is Teddy. Which Yeah, you know, Teddy's fantastic. Are the most fun yeah. Because he's and basically also, just um, a different rendition of Patrick from SpongeBob, so it's fun yeah. to watch. But the show itself is such
2: God, garbage. And,
1: and also um, H. John Benjamin's delivery as Bob is just always funny. Like whenever he's given yeah. a joke, it just always comes out funny. You ever watch well. Home Movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coach McGurk. Fuck yeah. That show is incredible funny. That was my first funny. exposure to him. I love nearly everything. Yeah. He's in Archer as well. He's really, really good. Oh, no hey, issue with, with him, but yeah you
5: yeah. and and yeah. said, Benjamin. you watch like six seasons, right? Like in the first season, he had some character, but then for some reason, they turned him into this guy who just always sounds like he's on opiates. Yeah. He's always just tranquilized. He doesn't even care <laughs> if his kids shoot up the place or something. Yeah, he's just always so there calm was um, bored.
1: there was a time they usually do it in waves, and you gotta gotta find it. But there was a time I forgot what game it was, but on Twitch. Where they were just showing fucking TV shows and movies back to back and nothing was done about it. And I found one for Bob's Burgers. And I said, OK, I'll just leave it on. Fuck it. We'll give it a chance. And I, it was it was pretty good. It was it was a solid show Had some laughs. But yeah, Teddy is definitely one of the reasons to watch it. I also like um, who's the guy who owns the boardwalk? Mr. Fish Odor, I think.
5: Fish yeah. yeah, Mr.
1: Yeah. Fish Odor, I think also just with how fucking oh, yeah, he, wacky and weird. he is, He's a shit. funny character. Yeah, he's great.
5: It's like, yeah. those two characters are fun. The, the, the two or three characters are fun. But then you realize, oh, okay, so every single character, including the little girl, is, like, voiced by men. And they just <laughs> scream. Half the humor in that show is screaming and singing. Loud singing and screaming. Just yeah, a character going, uh, yeah. for five minutes at a time. It's just so... I don't know why I watch it.
1: Yeah, the songs, the <laughs> songs are great. Those are, those are not the best. but
4: <laughs> Some of the songs oh, are great. The are plots good. are fun, too. It's not bad. I didn't... I didn't consider you watching stuff that you don't think is good, Kai. I've, I, I'm learning a lot about you recently. I didn't know you liked it's not, I
2: it I, I don't hate so it. I don't hate it. You know, there's yeah, a show I, I mean, watched recently where I, I really was not expecting to like it, but I ended up liking it a lot. It's going to sound very uncharacteristic, but I watched America's Next Top Model.
5: My oh, girlfriend made me watch it, ooh, and I, I was like, I "Oh, this
2: is this is well, yeah, just well, going to be stupid." Like, i heard women it's secretly good. Stuff. Yeah, wouldn't you like that? But I was like hooked after a couple episodes because it's like brutal. It is completely brutal. It's like more savage, and like like the the women models they go through like torture to like actually what, what progress in the competition. Well, like waterboarding. There, okay. Well, there was there was one no, There was one no, notable mo- moment where it's like they basically said to the contestants. Or like two of the contestants say, it's like, OK, so your teeth are not they're not according to standards. So we're going to have to send you to the dentist and give you veneers or and like, and like have you have dental surgery to repair your teeth to make it acceptable to be a model. And they, Wait, and this they sounds wet- great.
4: Free dental surgery. <laughs> you come out looking better. That's great. Yeah, but it's you don't want it's wanna, just like sheesh. No, it, yeah, you don't, don't even worse. Yeah, I, they I, were
2: I, I, in surgery for like twelve hours, and afterwards, yeah. their their like lips were completely That's dried the out and Aaron,
1: Aaron, just reminded <laughs> me of another story I've heard from that show, and maybe you can verify if this is true. Where they wanted to give one of them a tooth gap so she would look cuter, so they just yeah, fucking wedged a gap up. in her teeth permanently. <laughs>
2: Dude, and in the scene, in the scene <laughs> I'm referring to, they were removing a tooth gap. But, like, the beauty standards had changed in those five years. Right now, it's they had is added. The, is well, it awesome. the same woman? No, no. They well, actually, every year it is. it every six going back to the gap. Yeah. The, 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 girl who got, the girl who got the tooth gap removed went on to win the show. And now she's, oh. like, a big, like, millionaire model.
1: She owes it all to that tooth gap. God, and everyone else right. on the show is hideously ugly and
2: unlovable. Yeah.
5: So wait, who was prettier at the end of it? The tooth gap or the no tooth gap? Gap, girl.
2: Well, there's there's the beauty cool. aspect, and then there's like the runway, and then there's looking good and like photo shoots and like posing. It is just, it is just a brutal profession. It gave me such then, great respect well, for models.
4: Well, yeah, it's a uh, it's a difficult job for sure. Who was the most like? Do you think that the winner was the most beautiful of them?
2: Um, I don't know. They all have like a very specific look, and it's it, it's weird. It's like i'm sure a lot of men would find it attractive but it's particularly i think what women like aspire themselves to be there's 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 like the the female standard of beauty in the eyes of men and the female standard of beauty in the eyes of women and i think that is what most of the models are geared toward because all the products are just marketed towards women primarily but yeah i don't know I think probably, like, the most beautiful person, in my opinion, got eliminated, like, halfway through. But it, it's just because there's so much more. It's just such a multifaceted job where you have to have charisma in addition to being beautiful, primarily. So, that's Do just. They... Oh, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that, you, you can go on.
0: I was just gonna ask: Is it just charisma and looks, or do they also do like the talent show shit that they used to do at like uh, runways and stuff, where it's like, "Here's stand-up oh, yeah. comedy from Miss Utah" or
2: something? <laughs> I think I think there was I think there was talent competitions, but that was basically just used as a gauge for improvisation. When, and when it comes to the photo shoots, that's pretty much all it is. That they, they have to like they have to like find this intangible way. To look beautiful and unique with these photo shoots, and they they show them. They do the shoot, and then they go into post with the photographer, and they scroll through like a hundred photos. It's like, eh, this one's okay. These ones suck. These ones suck. It's like, sheesh! It's just like the standard. The standard the models. For doing you do well. that. I I
4: would have I would have just assumed that they just go there and get told what to do and how to like pose and stuff. no a,
2: a lot of the shoots that's where i guess the artistry comes in it's like the model has to do a lot of the work with just looking just the right way with the right posing so it, it looks natural and confident and beautiful and um yeah the the photographers would basically tell them afterwards it's like you got no energy here this one sucks i don't know what you're doing here you need to work on this and it's just like, wow, they go through like a hundred photos and maybe like two would be decent. Did they ever consider maybe the photographers just shit?
0: Yeah, it could just be a bad photographer. Yeah, or they could be ugly. I guess oh, the whole idea true. is... the
5: Yeah, yeah now you're maybe on the to something. tooth gap isn't big enough. Yeah,
1: maybe they should <laughs> yeah, really why get why rid rid of all of their teeth. <laughs> yeah.
5: Yeah. Increase just the, the gap. Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs>
1: Samuel L. Jackson modeling for Victoria's Secret. I'd buy whatever he's got.
5: Oh, wait, Am I thinking of the wrong guy? Was it Morpheus? He's the guy with the huge. Tooth oh gap, yeah, right? Yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. You can land the plane yeah.
1: between that, yeah. <laughs>
5: <laughs> you guys ever indulge in trash TV? Because that's my other thing that I usually get. Shit cheaters, for dude. TLC
2: type garbage. Oh, you! Oh, cheaters! cheaters. Yes. That was a yeah. huge show back in the day. I still see reruns on like local television sometimes wow, when they turn it on. I forgot all about that
1: show. I've seen a good handful of that. Remember when the host got stabbed?
2: <laughs> nope. I did not see that one.
1: <laughs> wow. All right, so this, this was a thing. Uh, they had an episode of Cheaters, pretty self-explanatory show, and I believe it was on a boat. It was they on con- a boat. Yeah, they confronted a guy on a boat, and they were like, you're fucking cheating, you idiot. Welcome to television. And the guy flipped out and pulled out a knife and stabbed the host in the stomach.
0: And I, they filmed so- the whole thing. Inter- deserved what <laughs> I said d- deserved oh they said it was there
4: no i said it was deserved
0: there is controversy around that about really? it being staged andrew i went back Whoa. and rewatched it i also think it was probably staged oh Absolutely was. okay
1: yep. i didn't know that
0: yep. so yeah so it oh. most likely wasn't real
2: Oh, I, was, okay. I was wondering, like, how much they of the show me. is fake and contrived because, um like, I could tell, like, the people are not actors and a lot of them are showing, like, genuine rage and, like, grief at hearing the news that their partner's cheating. So, yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I have a hard time guessing what is what is fake, but I, I definitely get a sense the that there's, there's a lot of parts mm-hmm. in that show that's contrived.
5: A, a lot of reality TV is just the producers, the people who are actually there behind the camera, like being weasels that manipulate real people. Like, hey, your girlfriend just got caught cheating. How do you feel about that? What What do you want to say right now, David? Hmm? How do you feel? Oh, oh, look, there's a knife on the ground. Huh. What a coincidence. Anyway, how do you feel about her cheating <laughs> <on you? It's laughs> Look like at my now. stomach. Look how stemmable
4: it is. <laughs> <laughs> You can really hit me here. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, yeah. D- give me some TV. credit. This happened back in, like, 2005. So I was a young, naive little boy. But, yeah, I'm looking some stuff up, and apparently they did prove this was most likely fake. I had no idea.
4: I really I really do not believe, like, anything in reality TV. You shouldn't believe
0: anything in reality TV. TV. Oh, you should.
5: Well, yeah, no, you yeah, uh,
0: shouldn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. The- well, it's funny. It- If you watch the clip again, Andrew, I pulled it up again just to see Mm -hmm. if my memory is accurate with it. The way he's acting after getting stabbed is pretty embarrassing. It's like how (laughs) I would act if you and I were doing a skit. He's just kind of like, ooh. Uh." Ouchie. What do you you think you'd do if you got stabbed? I'd be fucking wailing. I'd be like, oh, no, no. I'd probably bleed. (laughs) I'd be shaking my fist like, why? How dare you?
4: Which element of your body would take over the fight or flight?
0: The whine. I'd just be whining. (laughs) Yeah, the peeing. (laughs) Just complain to the guy stabbing you. Yeah, like, hey, why did you do this? Hey, let's just stop, please. We could have just talked it out, you bastard. Boo. Yeah, boo this guy. Boo.
5: Boo. Do you guys think that movie trope, is that real at all? Is there any truth to where, like, you know how the... A character will get shot, but he only realizes five seconds later as the camera oh, yeah. lands down oh, to his no, gun. It's, it's 100% true. Real, yeah. It's
1: full adrenaline. I've yeah. seen it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially um with stabbings. So I, I read a thing not long ago where you can survive many, many stabbings if they're not in a very bad place. Like, shooting fucks you up really, really bad. But stabbing, if it's a good, clean knife and it just gets in and gets out, yeah, it'll hurt you. But it depends on where you're stabbed. And there are tons of stories of people in fights They've been stabbed multiple times, and until the fight is over, they don't even realize it.
0: Yeah. It, it, yeah it's... Wow. That is a... There's a lot so of things to cr- criticize about the lack of realism in movies. That is actually pretty realistic where if you get shot or get stabbed or something, you don't immediately know it unless it goes to a, a unless it, obviously it like hits your spine or something. It immediately it was a, like um, incapacitates
4: uh, you. Yeah. Yeah. There was a,
1: uh, there was a story that I was kind of looking into recently about, uh, there was a spree killer in New York and he, he went on like a three day stabbing spree and he went on the subway <laughs> and there was a, uh, the guy that he stabbed kind of retold the story and he, got, the knife got pulled out. And the guy who was telling the story, the guy who was stabbed, he was st- saying how he was just jamming the knife into the back of his head over and over again. Jeez. And he said, "I felt absolutely no pain. It was like when you take a warm shower and put the faucet on the back of your head. It was just wow. blow. He felt it's no disturbing. pain though because it was such adrenaline.
2: Yeah, just trying hell to Did cool. you ever hear <laughs> about the guy so. who? Um, <laughs> there was a guy once, I think, in Mexico who survived death by firing squad. Holy shit! Holy what a badass!" Shit. Does yeah. Wait, so does do that mean? Do to, did, yeah. Did
4: he, yeah. Is he free
2: now? I I don't know. I think it was in like the 1800s. I think it's Mexico. I could be wrong, but there there is a story of one man surviving death by firing squad, playing dead, and then just like crawling many miles to oh, so to he freedom, like dead. Okay. So yeah, uh, well, another... they Usually, have
5: that language in the law, right? So you will be hanged until dead. Even yeah another away.
1: um another similar story there was a guy in the 1800s in england who they were going to hang for uh, the death penalty and they tried three times <laughs> to kill him by hanging and he survived all three times and then they said okay you know what you're just unhangable you're free to go
2: that's it's it. just we're like done. it's like the brock lesnar yeah. <laughs> yeah. he, he just neck, uses his massive neck muscles, neck neck muscles twice
0: <laughs> I looked up the uh, the guy who survived the firing squad. They called him El Fusilado, the Shot One. He was captured on March 18th of 1915, and then survived the firing squad where he was shot eight to nine times or something, and then he, oh my god, yeah, crawled away. What a badass man. Damn. Yeah, do they do the so thing badass. with firing
4: squads where, like, there's only one real bullet or something, and there's, uh, they only they give it to one of the guards randomly in the lineup? It depends, so that's that's yeah. Like, the guilt is shared. That's what I've heard, yeah. Do people I still get executed so in that, you that don't way? Know. It's so you don't
1: know who actually killed him. So yeah, so you can, can
4: live without the guilt, basically. Yeah, say, oh, I didn't do it. I wasn't
1: the one who fired. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh. Tangentially, that reminds me of that one town in uh, Missouri where the whole town banded together and killed the town bully and no one said anything to the police (laughs) and no one was charged. (laughs) That
1: sounds awesome. Do you know the name of that?
2: Uh, I forget the name of the town, but if you maybe if you look up like Missouri mob killing, it's apparently this extremely cursed and unfriendly town where I think one time like they they found like this murdered pregnant woman with like her abdomen slid open kind of just a really creepy yeah, the town bully place. Yeah. Was it the village from
1: resident evil four?
2: <laughs> it sounds like a horror game. It, yeah. it, it sounds, sounds honestly like, like, like a real version of that <laughs> where there's still people who talk about, I think there's like YouTubers who try to visit the town now and it's like this super hostile and unfriendly place. Holy and shit! yeah, the lore is that one day they got sick of the town bully and they just, they just mob killed him, said nothing to the police and no one was ever charged for anything.
1: That's pretty fucking rad.
2: How ba- How fucking evil must this bully have been to get
4: on everyone's nerves like that? Where they all agree, yeah, let's kill him. That's pretty nuts.
2: Yeah, it know. must have
0: been a real jerk.
2: Out in Missouri, I think there's uh, some bad medicine. Hard to say though. S- sorry for the viewers from Missouri. If you think it's a great place, but this is it's not. This it's
1: not. I've been. It's not.
2: Oh, yeah. I was out in Oklahoma actually a, f- a month ago, and uh, it exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it was actually I found the nature to be quite beautiful, and the people were nice and humble. Probably have to be if you're constantly at risk of getting annihilated by a tornado every spring. But it keeps I guess um, it's 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 a nice place, other than the constant threat of tornado destruction. <laughs> So Amp, I was
4: doing some research on uh, you before you came on the show and I watched your most recent video just to get a feel for you. And it was on one of my favorite subjects of all time, uh, rogue waves, which are like tsunamis on steroids, basically. Mm, yeah. um, and I, I found that super fascinating and it came at a like a good time as well with the dangers of water because there's been some news over the last two days of someone falling off a cruise ship this isn't wave related, but he fell off a cruise oh ship, and they oh, lost him immediately. Oh yeah, uh, he's gone. He, he's well, dead. Well, th- we don't wow. know if he's. They didn't he, find his body. He's dead. Uh, you want to describe that news? Well, yeah, the video. Well, I, well, I just did? <laughs> but there's not much more well, okay, to the, describe. Is there?
5: Yeah. Okay. I'm just me because years ago on the show, I think a long time ago, I said that my biggest fear. Ever was that I would be just lost in the middle of the ocean at dark. Yeah, Because you you could just not see anything. It would just be lost. It was so fucking creepy with all the fucking evil evil alien shit that's in the water especially. So there's this video, which is super grainy. Somehow somebody managed to take a very grainy video in 2023. It's this apparently 18-year-old kid who jumped off the side of a party boat of some sort in the middle of the Bahamas. A cruise ship or something. Yeah. Yeah. That was pirate themed and was called like Blackbeard's Revenge or something.
1: It was a frat um, boy boat, basically.
5: Yeah, I mean, yes. He had just graduated high school, I think, and they were all partying. And the rumor has it it's just a rumor that he was dared to jump off the ship drunkenly in the middle of the night, which he did. And then everybody is like at, at the side of the ship as they're filming. Everybody's filming, everybody's like hooting and hollering, and they're like, that boy just jumped off the ship. Bye bye. As the kid is like being left behind by the cruise ship because I assume that even if you do know that somebody capsized uh, or fell overboard, you can't like stop a ship immediately, right? So it's gonna keep going. And in the water, which is completely pitch black except three things: the kid, uh, an orange donuts like the life preserver, and like a something sloshing in the water. And people cannot tell if it's just a wave or a shark. Like a fin. No, it definitely. Yeah, like a I fin or something. So I think it's a shark. From
0: what I've read, it's not unusual for sharks to actually circle cruise ships to collect stra- uh, scraps. So, That's what yeah, of course.
4: I read. Plus, even yeah. if, even if it was, even if we didn't see a shark in that picture, like the uh, presumption could be made that there are sharks in that vicinity. Well, like, it's, it's not even a presumption. The, the authorities,
5: the authorities, who apparently searched for him for like a week. They came out and said, "Yeah, I mean, the kid jumped out and literally shark-infested water. <laughs> that was the worst part for him to jump out of." So they didn't it depends. Find him. It depends He's what gone.
4: type of sharks are around that area as well, because not all sharks are like super aggressive to humans. Well, shark but attacks are like,
0: extremely rare, yeah, no matter yeah, what yeah. shark.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, but there are more aggressive sharks, like tiger sharks. Well, what sharks I what I sharks. found
1: interesting, and Kaya, you can confirm if I'm right about this, is they throw the life preserver. And some people on the boat are like, life preserver, get the life preserver. But he's like swimming in the exact opposite direction of it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I said
5: in our Topics channel, too. It was so weird. Like, why is he swimming away from the orange donuts? Even if he couldn't see it, that doesn't really make sense for him to swim in the opposite direction that the yeah, you boat think seems he'd, to be least, moving. At least,
1: at the very least, Even swim if he towards drunk. the ship. Yeah.
5: Yeah, unless he saw something Drunk. you know, sloshing around in the water. Yeah, unless yep. he was sensing some sort of a fin or something in his, under his feet. I don't know. It's so creepy. And then one of the articles I read had this passage, which I found kind of interesting. It says, um, going overboard on a cruise is a rare occurrence, according to experts. Between 2009 and 2019, so in 10 years, 212 overboard incidents were reported worldwide. That's a lot. Of those, only 48 were rescued. So it happens super rarely, but like 75% of the time you're going to die That's if you awful fall lives. off a cruise ship. Wow. That's fucking That's...
4: terrible. Wow. Well, it's hard to find you. Like, like you guys said, it's hard to stop the ship. It takes a bit of time to stop the ship. And by that point, like a lot of distance is covered. And people aren't usually good at like keeping their head above water in those conditions as well. Well, it, has,
0: it doesn't really have anything to do with that. It's the current. The ship is huge. It's creating big waves. The current pulls you. So you, yeah, you just immediately get separated very there's quickly. There's also the risk of just like that's fucking just falling
2: said. into the propellers. Of oh the ship. yeah, getting oh, getting shot, pulled it's, into it's, the it's instant death. Yeah. Oh yeah. That just, would be that's what horrifying. I was
5: thinking about too. Like that's gotta be really scary. you get basically getting blended.
0: Yeah, but what would you prefer? Getting blended or be like, let's say he survives hypothermia, let's say the shark doesn't attack him, and you're just left out in the pitch black middle of the ocean. Nowhere to go, nothing to do. You see the cruise ship just keep sailing away. Would you rather just be blended or sit there with that agony for however long it takes you yeah, no, to that
4: run out anxiety of anxiety of, of not knowing when you've been dragged under yeah. by either your own exhaustion or some other know. creature. That, that'd in be any horrifying. case, I'd rad- There's I think no I'd good rather option. die
5: in a plane crash. I think I finally found something that terrifies me more than horrible turbulence, and that's the thought of just being that kid as just the darkness. As it swallows you, everybody on the cruise ship, all the fucking drunk assholes yelling, bye bye. <laughs> that's the <laughs> last thing you hear. <laughs> the last on you,
4: you just hear the party boat driving off. The uh, fucking
1: yeah. Loud <laughs> the the music. Fucking they start throwing music. beer bottles at you.
5: <laughs> <laughs> They're having a good time. You're dying. <laughs> that sucks. That's the worst. Yeah, that's
2: that's fucking awful. It's weird. It's probably people just they never think the situation is as dire as it is, but 25% yeah. survival rate that's just terrible odds wow yeah that's not good
0: i've never really even considered like a cruise overboard because like in my stupid brain i'm like oh you just you know stop the ship or swim back there's like like hundreds of people
5: they'll see you yeah surely someone will come out to get you never thought about that like you would think if you just asked me unprompted without this news i would have just thought can't they just put like a little vessel down in the water and like go get him back or something? Don't they have spotlights on the ship to
2: find them or but something?
4: The, uh, yeah, but the ocean is large. Yeah, and, they, they I know. So yeah. and
1: continually moving as well. Yeah, The yeah, the, ship, the so ship's tough. moving
2: at, what, like 50 miles an hour, and it probably well, will take yeah. it probably take 5 to 10 minutes for the emergency signal to get to the chain of command before yeah, they can yeah. issue anything, and then by then it's, what, like 20, 25 minutes?
1: Not only early. all of mm-hmm. that, so there's also the fact that all the waves in the ocean are moving you around and the yeah. fact that while they get to and the chain you. of and while I get to the chain of command, they have to say, "Okay, exactly when did he fall out?" So we can look up what our position was on the GPS. You know, it's you don't have an exact Damn. landmark.
5: Yeah, dude, that's and the awful. And everything. Yeah, I already you're, didn't you're like cruises fucked. as it is, but now <laughs> I don't know if I've oh, been i have ever going. I I would never. You've scared a me away. For the rest of my life. They sound like the worst guys, thing in
1: the
4: world. Have you guys ever been in rough sea? I have been on three cruises, Jackson. Well, no, no, I mean like. uh Maybe not in rough I've never, sea, I've, like never be, I've never in been in choppy-
2: international waters, I don't think, on a boat. Okay, I, I, I meant like in choppy
4: water as in like sitting in the water yourself. You know, like swimming. I have not, oh. no idea. No. W- waves are hard. W- waves waves knock you around. Uh, and Like bad, bad waves, like, yeah. Very, but nothing very dangerous.
5: Quickly. Close to the shore still where I could swim back even when it was like... I've been really whitewater choppy. rafting. Well, yeah, no, that's, obviously. That's but like uh, what I'm saying
4: is like if you're off that boat and you were being knocked around and displaced by the waves constantly, it would be very disorientating.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, You, some you of those start, videos like, you swallowing from, water. On, like, do you guys uh, know those videos from commercial ships, like container ships and such, and how much they rise and fall during huge waves? It's basically a gigantic building, and it's getting tossed around like nothing. It's
0: fucking awesome. <laughs> it's fucking scary is what it is. Uh, unfortunately, though, scary. I do have to head out now. Uh, I'm sorry to have to bail out early.
2: That's okay. That's we, can, we can wrap we'll continue, up here, right? No problem, Charlie. I'll take over no. the hosting from here.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm putting <laughs> I'm putting Imp in charge here of everyone. <laughs> He's going to steer this <laughs> okay. ship now.
2: Okay, That's thanks right, for everyone.
0: joining us. Yeah, hey, sorry again.
5: Don't sink us. Uh, it's okay. It,
0: it's Bye. always good to catch up with you, Imp. And if you're still in town, uh, let me know. We'd love to do some stuff. Oh, sure. Of course. Okay. Thanks, everybody. No, okay. Bye-bye.
4: Bye. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, drowning... off a off a cruise ship, not a good way to go. So uh, what's it's your so biggest strange. Tropia?
5: Now? Yeah, all of you guys. Like, I, I just I'm explained this. This is literally my biggest fear. What that kid just experienced, that's probably my least favorite way to go. Well, hmm. yeah, but it, you, you can p-
4: prevent that pretty easily by
5: not jumping
2: overboard. Just, just don't take the cruise.
3: Yeah. Just don't just go yeah, on a boat. On the out of water.
2: Water. Don't go on it. a maritime vessel. Otherwise, a rogue wave will come and swallow you. That's why you it's up.
5: called a phobia. It's unlikely to happen, but still. Even the thought of it just gives me shivers.
4: Well, yeah, I guess. My biggest phobia is like something actually extinction level hitting Earth or something like a gamma ray burst or an asteroid or something. Something mm. completely out of anyone's control. Yeah, it's Just weird. the entire
1: destruction of the planet. <laughs> yeah. Just,
4: like, here one moment and not the next. You might be raring, actually, but I don't fear. think most people are afraid of that. I mean, yeah. I'm not really afraid of it, but it's, like, on, on the level that we're talking about, I guess that's my biggest phobia.
5: At least you're not the only one that dies, then. That's some comfort. That's less comfort for
2: me. Hmm. You know what? I welcome the collapse of civilization.
4: Oh, yeah. Charlie
2: leaves and we're
4: immediately just defeatist. I hope the universe. Is. Oh no,
2: the spiral has taken over the show. Charlie was the one oh, thing no. warding it off. Charlie's positivity. We are yeah, now entering optimism. the downward, the downward side, the D side of the nice. official podcast. <laughs> so you do a lot of interesting like video essays now,
4: right? Uh, like the, the That's right. Rogue Wave video was one of them. Uh, what's yeah. the most interesting video you think you've put together in the last few years?
2: Um, I think my best work so far is the video on the uh, Talladega curse. Where, that was a really if you've good one. I have seen yeah. that one, but um, there's a NASCAR track called Talladega Super Speedway out in Alabama. And um, it has played host to some of the most bizarre, morbid, and uncanny circumstances that uh, basically NASCAR as a sport has ever seen. And the lore goes all the way back to um, the uh, Muskogee Indians used to have that as their uh, native lands, the Talladega Valley out in uh, uh. North, north central Alabama. And uh, after they were removed in the Indian Removal Act, the legend goes that a shaman cursed the land and all future inhabitants for those who uh, may rest on it. And then uh, 130 years later, they built the biggest track it's actually the biggest oval track in the world. And, um, basically... hear about the curse before they started building that? Well, it was cheap land out in Alabama. <laughs> you gotta you got find somewhere to build your two and two-thirds mile Yeah, super let's speedway. put the most dangerous sport to mankind
4: fucking <laughs>
2: on this right. cursed land. It, it plays okay, in bro, a role because it was, it was immediately the fastest track on the circuit. So the cars okay, were going at, at dangerous speeds. And um, the speeds kept creeping up. And in, um, in 1987, I believe, there was, uh, it was the fastest pace, the fastest qualifying in NASCAR history, where the pole speed was 212 miles per hour. And um, now in IndyCar and F1, open wheel sports, they hit these speeds, but the cars are significantly lighter. The uh, NASCAR stock car is about 3,500 pounds. And for them to be going at that speed hitting like 215 on the straightaways, it was a recipe for disaster. And what happened was that one of the cars blew an engine and cut a tire. And at that point, when you drive a car that fast, over 200, and spin it sideways, aerodynamics start to take over. And the car basically lifted into the air and was headed <laughs> directly for the stands. Into the crowd. Yeah, oh, and um, it just happened to hit at a precise angle where it hit the wall slightly before it hit the fence and it kicked it away. It kicked it away from the stands at the last second, but that would have been a 100-plus fatality event. Fatality, a 30, yeah. 3,500-pound race car going into the spectators at 200 miles an hour. Um, it would have been disastrous. Could have been the end of NASCAR entirely. Um, but luckily, they. Uh, Got clipped away at the last moment. Has an threw- event like that happened in NASCAR's history? Where like crowd was there is an event in Le Mans, 1955. The um, at a circuit de la Sarthe in France, there's uh the 24 hours of Le Mans, an annual event. And in 1955, there was a Mercedes race car that got clipped into the stands and it killed 80 people and led to like the oh, ban fuck. ban of racing in Europe for like two years. That is nuts. Uh, that, that must be so horrifying. You know,
4: I've often thought of that, uh, like that situation happening whenever I see those videos online of like the what are they called, like the rally car drivers, the ones that drive on the sp- uh, like the winding oh, yeah. streets like really group, fast, like group group B fast. rally. Yeah, I, I don't know what it's exactly called, but I'm sure you know the videos uh, where all the like crowds are like on the roads, like fucking peering over yeah. the road as the cars zoom past, doing like jumps over like you know hilly hilly roads yeah,
2: there, there's there's an infamous period in the 80s called a, and it was called group B rally where basically manufacturers they they put like 800 900 horsepowers in these rally cars and um it was probably like the most deadly form of motorsport ever conceived they had to stop doing it because too many people like drivers and spectators were being killed they just couldn't keep going on but it It's something that's somewhat morbidly, but fondly remembered among racing fans. It's just like an extreme, really extreme era of motorsport where it's like the limits of man and machine were really tested. (laughs) Yeah, I just can't. In those videos, I can't believe just seeing people
4: like get that close to these cars going that fast. Like they're they're like standing over the road, basically, like leaning over into. Do you think they
2: even understand the danger, though?
4: yeah yeah well they're, they what's yeah, the it's ice, thrill yeah. seeking
2: yeah it's adrenaline seeking there's even places where the cars go off little jumps and they sit under yeah. the car oh and my that, God. that's fuck the part that. that's insane to me I guess. Yeah. They, I,
5: I don't know how to feel about that but I never feel bad about kind of similar when they have the bull races where they unleash a bunch of bulls oh, in yeah. the middle of the fucking oh, city wow. and then sometimes the barriers break down and the bulls start goring people <laughs> it's like I mean what the fuck did you expect yeah. to happen here dummy shit's cruel
2: well, you know, there's I mean, to uh, you kind of had a coming. There's definitely a spirit in doing challenging things. You know, a month ago, I was actually I actually climbed a 14000 foot mountain. And of course, I live really? in Florida here with uh, with Andrew and Charlie. I'm a Florida man through and through where our highest elevation, at least in the panhandle part of the state, never gets above more than like 25 feet.
0: You can um, you
1: can correct me if I'm wrong about this, Amp, but isn't our highest point in Florida a trash dump? <laughs>
2: I think, I think it is. I think there's definitely one of those. I think technically the highest elevation Have is up, like in the Panhandle. I wish. Yeah, there are definitely garbage mountains around Florida. It's the only yeah. kind of mountains we really get. But um, I, I went to like a legitimate snow-covered mountain, and I mean this with no hyperbole. It was climbing this thing was the most difficult thing I've ever done in my entire life. The most difficult physical challenge. How was long like, was the climb? Um. So. We started at, like, about 11,000 feet, so I didn't climb, like, all 14,000 feet, but that's just, that's just the altitude at the peak of the mountain. Um, It was about 3,200 vertical feet, which doesn't sound that bad, because we're used to thinking of things in, like, horizontal distance. It's like, yeah, it's like two-thirds of a mile up. How, How hard could it be? Oh, boy. It is, like it is completely brutal and um half of it is just the constant elevation like you're constantly climbing up stairwell basically yeah, stairs, yeah. and what the biggest part is um at that altitude the oxygen is about only 70 yeah. percent of what it is at sea level and that was um it just limits your stamina you can probably only do like half as much work as you would be able to do at sea level so it, it got to the point where once we broke the tree line at first, I had to take 50 steps and then stop to catch my breath. And then as we got higher up, it goes like 25 steps. And then as we were nearing the top, I had to take 10 steps. And then I'd be out of breath and have to like stop for 30, 45 seconds. And then just keep did going. You take,
4: yeah, I was going to say, did you take frequent actual breaks? Like uh, sitting down anywhere?
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was necessary. Like I I could not go any faster than what did. It took me six hours to get to the top. It's normally supposed to take you um, like three to four hours. It took me six hours and um, it was snow covered. That was like a huge fish out of water thing. Never really seen or dealt with snow in that capacity. And um, it's just had to bundle up, had to buy a bunch of clothes that I never even knew existed before. And (laughs) um, and I actually made it I made it to the top. And I, and I fucking broke down and cried when I got to the top, just because I I didn't think I could do it. It was, was just the like, walk back down uh, more, well, <laughs> more fun for you. Um, theoretically, it should have been, but we actually got stuck on the way down and I had to be um. rescued. <laughs> it was me, me and three other people because um, I like guess this this is just something again I didn't know because I I'm in Florida. We don't get snow here. It's just a property of the snow where it was the snowpack was really high. And then as we were going up, the sun came out and started heating up the snow and towards the bottom, you just start, uh, it's called post-holing where the snow can't hold your weight. So you just sink in and it very quickly becomes extremely exhausting. You almost have to like swim through the snow and you, you have no sense of balance. You're constantly falling over. And then, uh yeah, so that was happening on the way down and, um, just a bunch of, Frozen snowy water was getting in my gloves and shoes and I was like starting to get hypothermia So I had to like stop and like call for help and uh, they sent people out there with snowshoes To like take us down, but you know, it was it was brutal on the way up on the way down extremely brutal Experience. I'm glad I went there was a point where I came very close to quitting near the top because it's like I'm close enough and I'm completely exhausted um, How would you
5: even quit, though, if you're that, in, like, high up already? You're kind of committed to like, Yeah, just
2: get it over. The Lie down on, and man. die. I, I don't know. After, <laughs> after so much time, after being like, uh, and the mountain plays with you psychologically because there's multiple false summits where you get over the horizon. And it's like, oh, yeah. my <laughs> God, it's even more. And that just happens like five or six times, basically, saying, like, surely we're getting so close to morale. the top now. Um yeah, so it's like a psychological demoralizing effect where, and that, that that's what led me to like almost quit. And I probably would have quit if there wasn't this uh, this nice like Spanish couple, and they were like, "You're only three hundred vertical feet from the top. You should keep going. We'll see you up there." And I probably mm-hmm. would have quit if it wasn't for them. But they gave me a little extra motivation to just like, "All right, ten more steps, ten were they more like steps." Jogging and, up without you. They- well.
4: Were they excellent at uh, mountaineering?
2: Pretty much all the other people there were seasoned. And I was just... Me and like the the three other people I was with was our first time doing anything of the sort. So we were just total noobs up there. Uh, But we made it to the top. We made it. So I guess that's something Noah can ever do. Would you do it again? I would not do it under snowy conditions, no. I would maybe think about... When uh, During the summer, when the snow goes away and just becomes a rocky trail, I'd maybe think about it, but I, w- I wanted to do something unique and challenging because uh, a year ago I went to Colorado and at one of the Airbnbs I was staying at, they had a little Colorado activity list and one of them was, uh, one of the things on the checklist was climb a 14er. That's what they call them out there. The, they have like 50 or so 14,000 foot elevation peaks and um, the seeing it like phrased in that way on like some sort of little campy activity guide I'm like okay how hard can it be so I, yeah, I, do I it. look I look up like the easiest 14ers and um we we're originally going to do the one called Mount Beardstat, but that was the trail was seasonally seasonably closed this is another miscalculation I figured May would be a bit warmer but it's at such a high elevation there where it's still winter it is still very much yeah. winter up there even in the first week of May when I went and um so we ended up settling on this one called Quandary Peak which is it's supposed to be all the guides I was looking up online saying like oh it was the top top three easiest all the went on the mm-hmm. all trails for look at the reviews it's like oh it's easy work we did it in five hours plus a stroll yeah. and um, <laughs> very quickly when I got there I began to realize like um saying the easiest 14er is like saying the uh, the dumbest astronaut where it's like yeah out of this select group of mountains it's the easiest but the bar For entry of like climbing a 14,000 foot mountain is like so rigorous that you'd be hard pressed to call it easy. And I was, I guess, mistaken in thinking that it would be easier than it was because it's just the scale of the mountain is just massive. You don't think of mountains as big as they are until you like see them in reality. You see the people farther up on the trail. They look like smaller than ants. They look like fleas. And and yeah, I felt like an ant climbing like a giant office building or something. It was, it felt like that scale. So the mountain psychological trick
4: started on you before you even started climbing it, basically?
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's just, um, just being, being in all these uncomfortable facets, the cold, the snow, the lack of oxygen. I didn't really get a good night's sleep beforehand because we stayed in the town of uh, Breckenridge, which is right next to quandary and stay in an airbnb there i didn't realize this is this would be a thing but when you get to ten thousand feet elevation it becomes hard to fall asleep if you're not acclimatized so like your heart is beating too fast it's like sending mixed messages to your body and it's won't your brain won't allow itself to like fall asleep so it was just it was rough and i probably would not do it again but i'm i'm glad i did it i'm glad i did the challenge and uh Hopefully, there will be a video of that coming up pretty soon on my second channel. Oh yeah, that's another thing. I had to wear a a helmet with a GoPro up the whole way, so that added to the difficulty. They look cool, though. A good little uh, reminder of your adventure up.
5: You could make a supercut of the Spanish couple encouraging you.
2: You (laughs) I don't know if I got that on video, because at the end I was getting so demoralized, I'm like... "Ah." I want to record video right now of me just failing, because that's what it would have been—a failure. Um, oh come <laughs> on, man! You gotta believe in yourself.
4: I see. Somehow- you gotta cut out all the all the like footage of you crying and trying to convince yourself to keep climbing. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the audience doesn't know any of that. You could literally
1: yeah. just have stood—I don't know—a couple feet up and said, "Oh, I'm at the summit. It's beautiful." Well, yeah, gotta go it. back
5: down. Yeah, dub it. This was a piece of cake. Yeah. Like, Oh, this is so easy.
2: Yeah. Oh, I barely even broke a sweat. Yeah, this is a breathing a lot right now. Yeah, <laughs> just, 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 just get a green screen and a picture at the top. Yeah, fuck yeah. the mountain. Do it at home.
1: Yeah, it's
2: okay. 3D digital surfs
4: up it into like Mount Everest. And stuff. Uh, we've <laughs> gone full circle yeah. yet again. Yeah. <laughs> Here we
5: go. He's giving the couple advice like, you guys are giving up. Come on, we're so close, guys. I've been okay, doing a lot of traveling
2: too. lately, for sure. Probably the most I've ever done. Any kind of exhausting, to be honest, but I'm about Traveling's to have a month break with no traveling. Yeah. Actually, uh, a couple weeks ago, I was up in um, Rhode Island to, uh, I don't know if you guys are aware of the, the fish tank project that's been going on. It's over now, but uh, I got to go on the show. They invited me out there and I got to go, I got to oh, participate right. on the stream and that was a surreal experience. And What'd that's you a, do? Um, I made them uh, cook me vegan food and served me. Like, it was a chop challenge. Oh and that was... Uh, was it sort of a
5: taste tester or food tester for poison? It, it,
2: it was not good. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but basically, uh, yeah, I got a bunch... Of, the ingredients were not really fresh. I got a bunch of prepackaged, frozen food from Walmart. And they had to make me a meal out of that. And then... Um, Airsoft Fatty chugged a bunch of milk and then uh, spat it out all over a bunch of people's food that they were actively cooking and they had to throw it out because it's uh, it's not vegan when you put milk on it. So they got disqualified. But um, True. yeah, oh. that was uh, that project was simply astounding. I was astounded what when is I got it? there. I, I know nothing about it other than like Airsoft Fatty is so, on and uh, what's,
4: what's his name? Basically, with, uh, it's um Chris,
2: hi. Yeah, so... It's a show by a uh, it was a project by Sam Hyde and uh, Jet Neptune. It's really um, I think Jet is like the primary creative force behind it, and he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done because this this show was an accomplishment. This show was like internet history, and I'm hoping in uh, time it will be appreciated more for the accomplishment it was. But basically, what they did was they had a 42 day nonstop live stream of cameras set up inside this house with uh, eight contestants going through like extremely creative, but also really harsh and abrasive challenges. And um, it was, you'd think that there was a team of like 10 people behind it, but it's really just like three people were in charge of the whole thing, running a 42 day nonstop live stream with transactions. And like people would like pay to do live TTS into the house and like talk to the contestants and most of the stuff said was very brutal and nasty. So over time, you, I think as a, as a viewer, you got this huge respect for these um, contestants. I'd compare them to modern day gladiators. They went through like the gauntlet (laughs) of this like psycho producers trying to like trick them at every moment. Um, They'd have a, they'd have this thing called fish toys, which are little interactive events Within um, the stream where audience members could pay to like remove the bed of a contestant for a night they could pay to empty out the trash all over the floor and make the contestants have to pick it up so all this stuff going on with all sorts of different weird eclectic challenges and um, I found I just found it so entertaining. A very big forty-two of fresh air. days. Forty, it, it was forty-two days. Yeah, forty-two that's days. of That's such a long time. Yeah, they Holy got shit. Yeah. they got it's swatted. Like more than 41 days. They had to go on. They had to go yeah, on YouTube. Oh, oh, another thing that's extremely impressive that this sh- entire show was independently funded and hosted. So, like, no sponsorships, no like venture funding, no anything. They had they built their own website for it, their own streaming client. They sold season passes though, didn't they? Yeah, so it was like it was crowdfunded. funded. But and it was it was also funded by just the continued revenue from TTS and all sorts of donations for the yeah uh, the, they would have made some the a interactive fair bit of money from that surely right especially if it's like that oh, interactable that's, and that popular that's the thing that's that's why it's good to hear it, it was profitable I think um, from what I heard they they grossed like seven figures Damn, so right it, wow. it it was um it was an extremely ambitious undertaking and due to the um. Due to the, a lot of the, the creative the creative stuff they wanted to do on the show, perhaps more edgy, they had to do it independently because it would have been banned off of YouTube. But they had to go on YouTube yeah. for several days because they got swatted. And then there was some trouble with the uh, the hosting where apparently they needed more service space than they had. So it was on YouTube for a little bit. But um, once they went back on their own platform, there's, there's like unhinged stuff that they... Had on the show, like they had Frank Hassel enter the house and like punch I holes in the walls and like it. and like pour pour toilet water on people. Um, but I'm hoping in um, when they release the uh, the actual cut of the the edited product that they filmed, that um, people will see how historic of achievement this was. And like I get like Sam is a controversial person. I've gotten heat for doing something that Sam's name is also attached to but I'm always someone who's just appreciated good content entertaining creative innovative content and that's just the show they really um is really new and it was beloved by the people who watched it it's like a breath of fresh yeah, air I, heard, I I didn't stop hearing about it but I never like, figured
4: out what it actually was because they were the people talking about it were always using terms that I had no idea, like, they were referencing names. It developed right. so its it was, own subculture it any concept, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. different, different little teams. So what and was camps. the most
4: insane thing that happened on the fish tank then?
2: Um, god, um, I think the fact that they brought airsoft fatty on at all and he became like a major part of the show, um, there was a moment where they tried to get him laid. And um, one of my YouTube buddies, Brandon, Brandon Buckingham. That sounds logistically difficult. Apparently, well, my buddy Brandon, he knows a bunch of uh, prostitutes for some reason, and ah, uh, uh, for some so reason, he's like, yes. yeah, for some reason, yeah, for some.
1: We all know some for some reason. It's know.
2: okay, it's okay. Brandon's cool, but for the he's yeah, cool with prostitutes. Conversational yeah. skills, yeah, but yeah, they were like, um, man, we need to get a saw Fatty laid his virgin rage is coming out too much and he's going to start messing with the other contestants too much. So <laughs> we got to get rage. him laid. And then um, so Brandon's like, oh, yeah, you want a prostitute? I know 10 in the area. So, uh, yeah, they they brought a prostitute to the house and um, she went up to <laughs> go look at Fatty. And um, apparently she said that he smelled too much like shit. And he would not, she, she would not perform oh. the task. Oh. So that was, uh... He got rejected by a prostitute? Yeah, Couldn't he have just that,
1: taken a shower and then fucked shower, her? Yeah,
2: shower. Apparently yeah. he did take a shower, but apparently he still smelled oh. too much. Or he, he missed a spot or something. He has to wash um, under the well, floor too. So,
4: yeah, I'm seeing a photo of him right now holding up a piece of toilet paper with shit smeared across it. And him smiling up at the camera. So I assume everything smelled bad in that place.
2: But Yeah, um... That was, that was probably my most memorable moment from the show. And I actually got to talk to Fatty a bit when I was up there. We butted heads because uh, he took the, uh, I made everyone cook vegan food and he took the anti-vegan stance. But ironically, he sabotaged all the, um, the other contestants and he was still on the winning team because uh, Vance Vance showed the most creativity with his dish. So I had to give it to him and I didn't want to punish him for Fatty's actions. And I hope that one day that fatty can be rehabilitated and take a take a nice vegan diet. Probably help so him out of his Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he <gets> his hygiene <laughs> under control. It's actually so he f- you know, laid. it's actually really funny the the lore of getting fatty on the show because um, it ties into the grand master drama of the Sam Hyde versus Idubs drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. which I slightly intersected with this past creator clash. Um, but it, it's just, it's just funny because apparently, um, Fatty's not happy with IDubs. Um, oh, what why? happened, what happened is that, um, apparently he, uh, he got kicked out of his house and became homeless, some sort of extenuating circumstances. And, um, I think he reached out for, he claims he reached out to Ian trying to get some help uh, just asking for... Him to like shout out a stream, maybe show him, maybe like say that, oh, he's in trouble. Because it seems like somewhat of a fair request considering Idev's made this 20 million view video basically entirely focused on Airsoft Fatty. And um, apparently he just got ghosted. And also, according to Fatty, when he was brought out for the national anthem at um, Creator Clash last year, he wasn't even paid. So there's just long lasting, long reaching drama between these two Sounds guys like,
4: Yeah Airsoft Fatty might need to get a better manager someone who can handle Idubs money requests as well, well as prostitution expectations What's funny That's is, what's funny is he, these people is that he,
2: are friends <laughs> Yeah he went he went over he went over to the hated Sam Hyde who is on the uh the Idubs no fly list and <laughs> Sam basically took him in housed him and started a GoFundMe to um basically get get Fatty some new housing I'm not trying to—I uh, understand that there's probably a mixture of viewers on the show, and I'm not trying to throw my weight around with bias or anything, but I don't know. I just think it's awfully funny how um, Sam is often painted as like this really bad and evil guy, but when push came to shove, he went out and uh, helped Fatty when basically Ian uh, left him out to dry. And you can say, of course. Like, do you think
4: do you think Sam was doing that out of the good goodness of his heart, or was he doing it motivated to one up Ian in that situation?
2: It's, pro- it's probably probably the needle, I Dubs, primarily, but he probably also cares for him at least a little bit after hearing his life story. But I don't know. I, I, I find the drama fascinating. It is like um, yeah, it is. it is like YouTube course altering fascinating. I don't one know. day I there might it, be weird. a video on it. It's kind of bizarre
5: that this one man, without doing anything, has turned into the boogeyman. That like a bunch of LA people just fear to the point that they cannot even say his name. It's so bizarre. Sam to me. has the a guy checkered past. He doesn't even do anything.
2: He has a checkered past. He's very politically incorrect. He often says and does extremely shocking stuff just because he's a shock comedian. I think the um, the big issue a lot of people have with him. Like one time, he made a donation to the uh, Daily Stormer white nationalist website or whatever. And um, a lot of people use that as proof that he is like a white nationalist himself. Um, I think it's important to understand the caveat that he is a shock comic. He does shocking, irreverent, and edgy things, which is ironically what makes the drama so interesting because someone like iDubbbz. That's kind of how he rose to stardom, doing a lot of the same stuff that Sam does. And while the tide has turned culturally, where you're no longer allowed to be as politically incorrect as YouTube was back then, Sam was kind of a stickler, where he got kicked off of Adult Swim, his show World Peace got cancelled because he was allegedly putting in anti-Semitic imagery. Or something, and um,
1: I read into that a little bit. I think it's also because Tim Heidecker really hates him, and Tim Heidecker has
2: a ton th- yeah, of pull at Adult Swim. There was there was big drama between Sam and Tim Heidecker. A lot of internal politicking. A lot of stuff that may not even been, be revealed. But basically, Sam was banished, and uh, I don't even think you can, I don't think you can find World Peace on any official thing. He like got like completely blacklisted from the main entertainment industry. Um, so he basically became one man band and started, uh, he started a gum road where, where his, uh, projects were funded entirely by, uh, user donations. And, um, he was kind of just underground. He went, he basically went on this, this underground side of the internet all the way up until items decided to make that documentary about him. Which was never supposed to come out on Idubz's side, that but really they basically—they basically again, that is when this a is, big
1: momentum shift. Happened. They basically that's forced even, his hand.
5: Makes it even funnier that they're all fearing like this man who they poked him. I mean, that's all what Idubs was trying to make a mockumentary in the same style as Louis Thoreau. You know how Louis Thoreau would go to like the to the Westboro Baptist Church and. Just film them being goofy and at their protests being ridiculous and then slow pan to their signs and then ask them like deadpan questions like what does your sign say? And then it would say something like Dead soldiers go to hell. You're he he trying did, to make that sort of uh, an
1: easy hit job and it didn't did work the same at all thing because with Air Fatty before Sam Hyde as yeah, well.
2: Yeah, he did. He yeah.
4: did an Ass Fatty documentary.
2: Yeah, it's basically just yeah, the TLC
5: free show. Yeah, for the low-hanging fruit, you think, okay, washed-up Nazi Sam Hyde, and then he went there, and the problem is he's neither co- as competent or funny he as a- Louis Theroux. He,
2: he got outsmarted by Sam, basically.
5: Not even outsmarted. Like, Sam Hyde didn't even do anything mean. He just kind of goofed on it. He trolled him by yeah. not taking it as seriously as IDUPS well, takes himself seriously, which...
1: Yeah. You could Sam tell anticipated. That's what got
5: to him the most, is that he wasn't being yeah. taken seriously. He really got I, pissed at that.
2: I, I think in a lot of the post-interviews after the fallout was coming out, Sam has gone on the record and said that he anticipated that Idafs was coming out there to punk him and basically spin the whole video, the whole Idafs documentary into saying that, like, look how much of a washed up loser this guy is. And so what he did was basically come up with like this Google Doc of like six pages yeah. of bullet points the of like Google Doc was awesome, co- like comedic <laughs> yeah, so three good. three Stooges hijink ways to screw with iDubs, like having fake poop in the office, having like one of the guys like talk to him about just crypto for an hour, and um, it had like daily Lego <laughs> unboxings or some shit like yeah that just, oh yeah, yeah un- um, un- un- unboxing Lego when he's trying to get the interview audio, the mantra of um. The
1: mantra of think it, dream it, do it has still been a consistent (laughs) running thing through his content now because of that. Yeah,
2: (laughs) this might this might be the greatest drama in YouTube history, in terms of. In other words, it's not worth watching at all. I don't know, man. It's just so self
5: inflicted. It's just hilarious. It's like this guy is just trying to have a good time with his crew, and Idubbbz is standing there like Kyle Broflovsky's cousin. Just awkwardly <laughs> hunched Kyle. over, yeah. cousin Kyle.
2: Yeah. But it, it, it just was so completely
5: weird. oblivious to all the jokes. Just completely awkward and out of his depth. It, it was so bizarre to watch it unfold. Well, they, and then
2: they turn the tables on him. That's the thing. Ido's is yeah, used to being in control. He
5: released his own version, which was the cope edits, basically, where during the interview at the end, he has to smash cut to a ten-minute segment of himself explaining that he's not butthurt, and he has to. Remember the the PowerPoint slides that he had where he was explaining comedy, post-comedy, and post-post-comedy or something like that, where he was trying to explain that? Yeah. Well, you would see, Sam Hyde is post-post-comedy ir- irony, so he actually is a Nazi. Welcome back I'm to Behind the Meme with
2: Idubs, where we explain the joke for 10 minutes. Um, I but yeah, I, it, it's good to show <laughs> that he, he really hasn't proven that he's been butthurt in the two years since. But yeah, I remember when that documentary came out, it was good. It was well-edited. Shout out to uh, Uncle Dane and Soundsmith for the work they do for IDUBS, TF2 community. But um, that video was well edited and well produced, but it, it just, it came off to me as something that he didn't want to release, which according to the story, that's what it is. Because they, I think the, they filmed in like March of 2021 or something, and he sat on his thing for nine months, and um, Ian did. He sat on it for nine months, kind of stewing, I think. And um, thinking about like, I'm going to, this is going to make me look bad and weak. So I think he just thought about canceling <laughs> it entirely. But Sam and his crew had collected their own footage. So they basically forced yeah. his hand. They they <laughs> uploaded like the hour and a half raw cut of the Idub stuff. And now you have this wormhole that's been open saying like, whoa, what is this? What is Idubs doing with Sam Hyde? And why is he not releasing as part of the footage? So.
4: He and got- then it fucking, it's ballooned from there. Their beef has ballooned to so many other different things, like the Creator Clash Froggy Fresh drama and shit like that. It is like-
2: spiraled into kind of the end of Idams' career as we know it. He's still going to have a career, but it's almost going to be be. It's going yeah. unre- to it be 100% it be fine. fine. It's, it's, not, it's not like the end financially. I'm sure he'll still make a lot of money and be quite successful with the audience he still has. But it's not its not going to be the same but He doesn't even
5: like his audience anymore. The sad part is when you watch some of the interviews of him now, it, he'll talk shit about his audience, how he doesn't like them asking him questions about his past and all that sort of stuff where he's trying to disavow the people who got him where he is in the first place. And now we all, all he cares about is fitting into that L.A. slime yeah. clique that he just it's wants okay. to be a part of now where you cannot you have to disavow your past and people like Sam Hyde are literally Satan.
2: It's okay, though. I, I, I don't like Idis' audience either. Because I've, I've been sticking my neck out for Froggy, and uh, I've had a significant amount of blowback and like rage directed towards me for simply saying, like, why was Froggy Fresh removed from the event unceremoniously? I, I don't, like, I don't I mean, mean
5: current audience. I mean past. I always find it really shitty of anybody, any celebrity or content creator, when they turn their back on oh, their yeah. past audience. Even if you change, you don't have to like disavow and condemn. Them as like basement dwelling losers who just want to scream the n word people or something. Like, I I don't know where this guy got off on taking himself so seriously doing a 180 from his days of screaming n word f word and eating like hair cakes and toenail cakes on video. Yeah, there's a a tremendous impressive and serious of a person. Like, calm down a bit.
2: There's a tremendous straw man that's been going around from the pro IDUBS people who think IDUBS did nothing wrong in his handling of the Froggy Fresh situation. There's this belief by just painting all the former ex-IDUBS fans as people who only cared about edgy content, only cared about him saying the N-word, when that is, that is simply not the case for the vast majority of people who are angry at IDUBS right now. That is not the case. If you look back at that era of YouTube, like everyone was telling people to kill themselves and calling content cancer, there's a reason why IDUBS had more staying power than someone like Leafy, who was equally edgy, said edgy stuff all day, bullied children, And um, there's a reason why Ian had more staying power is because the presentation and confidence and delivery of his videos was very creative and innovative. And the way he'd put stuff together in a nice little package, nice little well-spoken, well-explained and really fleshing out the the stakes of the situation is like he made well-produced videos that were confident and unapologetic. And he entertaining. So it's like, to characterize all the current IDUBS opposition, just like, oh, edgy people living in the past. It's like, it wasn't about simply the fact that he was edgy. There's like a million Call of Duty edgy gamers back then who said slurs in lobbies, and they didn't stick around to nearly the extent of IDUBS. It wasn't about him being edgy. That was the reason we liked the content. Yeah, he what
4: i what i come to on this whole fucking drama i think it's so fucking stupid and overblown but like you can change your content you can change your opinions and stuff and your beliefs that's totally fine he's completely within his right to do that and it's completely fine it's like the self-flagellation and stuff and the overblown nature of it is just what is unappealing to me Uh, i'm holier than
5: thou I'm so much better than my old audience, fuck you guys, I'm leaving you behind. And even if it was just all about the edginess even back then, I mean, you liked it, you liked it, you were all about screaming the N-word and the F-word until you moved to LA, that's the only thing Mm, that really changed, nothing about you changed. You didn't mature, you just moved, and you got a new friend group, that was literally it.
2: Yeah, I I probably would have dropped it, I would have dropped it a while ago, but he made that really kind of mean-spirited video directed at Froggy where he took his audience of millions and tried to paint Froggy as, like, this flagrant, misogynist, like, evil guy. And he would, like, use clips of Sam being, like, shocking in his comedy and imply that Froggy believes exactly this and holds the same exact views on women and is, like, just as edgy in his approach towards women. It's like, didn't you guys have Froggy on here, like, a little bit ago? Yeah, super nice. I, I refuse to believe... I refuse... And, and I've talked to him through DMs as well. Fellow Florida man. And I refuse to believe that this guy is like this super evil mastermind. This guy who's never been in any drama with anyone until now, until Idubs made it a problem. Froggy has never been in any drama. And you're expecting me to believe that he was the bad guy all along. And I don't buy it. Most people don't buy it. That video has like a 50-50 dislike ratio. And it's, it's a point where a lot of people turned on Ian, and there's many reasons for being upset at Ian for that, but mine was just like, why does Froggy ha- deserve to get dragged? And I, I've talked to him before on DMs, like one joke, and he, sa- allegedly. he said he's he said he's, been, he's being accused of being a Nazi and a pedophile by the, the, the oh-so-kind um, and reasonable Idubs uh, Reddit brigade, um, and it's super— it's super strange to me because the the video Ian posted after that is just him, yeah, flagellating himself for fifteen minutes talking about like I don't want to contribute to a culture of harassment. Well, like, dude, you might want to take down this froggy video, which I believe is still up on his channel, by the way. He took down the content cops, but he's not taking down this froggy video that is like actively contributing to Froggy getting harassed. And all the iDubs fans are saying they're saying, like, oh, he deserves it. He deserves it for be, for being a woman hater. Cause um I guess like <laughs> certain certain, certain some people-, people fans joke. Oh my god, dude! The, if you yes, actually look, would... if you actually look at the OnlyFans joke he said, it has—it's not even like derogatory towards Anissa.
5: I mean, it's she's like obviously he, very self-conscious about it. No,
2: the, like the the joke verbatim is like, uh, if I lose to Chris Raygun, I will subscribe to Anissa's OnlyFans. Like Anissa's OnlyFans is not some secret. Ian made a video about it that got six million views. I think PewDiePie made a video about it that got ten million views. It's not a secret. Yeah. Um, were well, you being a bit disingenuous
4: there. Like the joke was like, this is a negative, I think like subscribing to it is a negative for losing the fight. I mean, yeah, but like, he's, he's not self-conscious it's about it. He's a uh, I'm, not it's so, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad, it's I'm not saying so it's like, basic. A I mean, joke. like if, It's fine to make those jokes.
2: If you're going to, if you're going to own the fact that you have an OnlyFans, and by the way, I don't really even have a problem with Anissa. A lot of people are like extremely anti-Anissa. Like my problem is with Ian. And, um, I just, I just don't understand. It was such a mild joke, and that was like, yeah, they, they threw the kitchen sink at him and kicked him out for it. And now they're trying to paint. They're trying to use that. He didn't really say anything about Anissa. He he stipulated she had an OnlyFans, which is public knowledge. Ian made a video about it. PewDiePie made a video about it. So That's what why gives? I
5: don't think it was the joke. I, I think it was literally just that froggy had a connection to Sam Hyde. I'm telling you, that guy is yeah, their boogeyman.
4: That.
5: He's yeah. Baba Yaga to these people. He's like the uh, the invisible force in the Final Destination movies that all the characters are trying to avoid as being the next one that gets clowned on.
2: Well, like did, did, and did they you watch Ian's, him. Did you did you see the part in Ian's response video where he tries to justify that um? Froggy was banned for hanging out with Sam Hyde, even though the timing doesn't make sense, because that was known for two weeks before he got banned, that he was training with Sam Hyde. And after he made that joke against Anissa, he was instantly kicked out. So that doesn't add up the timeline based on what's being explained. But he he shows the receipts of his texts with Froggy, trying to like paint himself like, look, I gave him so much. I gave him so much warning. And if you actually read the text, there's a, there's a part in it where Froggy explicitly asks Ian... Am I allowed to continue training with Sam Hyde, yes or no? And Ian doesn't answer the question. He continues using this passive-aggressive, weak, middle-grounding language. And it leads me to believe, like, Ian, if you had this much of a problem with froggy training with Sam Hyde, just nip it in the bud immediately. Just put your foot down. If it's going to turn into this whole whole horrible career-altering thing for you in the future, why not just tell him no in that moment? But he, he wouldn't tell him no. Froggy asked a yes or no question. Can I continue training with Sam Hyde?
5: I hope they keep going. I don't know what to tell you. I find this very amusing. I don't get angry at any side. I find it very amusing how Sam Hyde, without lifting a finger, can be clown this many people by their oh, own dude. actions. It's, it's always hilarious. Like when, you know those video compilations now of Hassan during some Twitch convention or something and people just ask him, they just bring up Sam Hyde's name and he starts screaming at them, threatening to call security and whatnot. It's like the man isn't even there just a mere mention of him makes you convulse like a bad curse it's, yeah, funny it's crazy to me. i hope it continues i don't know i want to see more of idubs and it's Samhide. so funny
2: cuz um i think the reality of the situation is that sam hyde is kind of ambivalent about it at this point but he just says stuff to stir the pot and get attention on himself for marketing but there there was the whole thing where he was playing like the fake sam hyde and address infiltration where he, he like talked about hiring 50 other six foot four guys to try to break in a creator <laughs> clash, and dude, they amped up the security at Creator Clash. They had facial recognition <laughs> software. I, I know Andrew, you went. I don't know if you went through like the main security, but I I saw the things. Like they had little LED monitors with like square, like computer tracked squares that would show on people's faces. I saw it. So they they definitely made they they had to they had to beef up the security out of the the Sam Hyde infiltration threat.
0: It's fucking nuts. Yeah, <laughs> like a horror movie villain. All right, all right, um, all
4: right. we got we got to wrap here. Andrew's mm-hmm. laptop's almost out yeah, of battery. I've got, I've got about like twenty minutes, not even. Alrighty, all right, um,
2: shout shout out yourself. Where can people find you to continue? All right, Let's I continue. am uh, M. Lemon on YouTube. If you want long-winded documentary type stuff i don't tend to like to toot my own horn if you like it you like it if you don't whatever but you can find me there emplemon i'm also on downward diary on youtube it's my second channel which i'm trying to start with more um basic vlog content I'm trying to copy charlie as you can see the charlie formula for success i grew my hair out too so oh, there we go yeah if you want to the, That's emp, all it takes. the lemon downward spin on um, just, I guess, random stuff I'm complaining about. You can find me there, Downward Diary. And also, uh, I'm on Twitter, at Emperor Lemon. But, I don't know. People on Twitter just follow me and then complain and are pissed (laughs) off that I I don't think... (laughs) That's just Twitter, man. That I don't think Froggy Fresh is a misogynist, but... Whatever. That's just Twitter. Well, that's where we'll
1: have to disagree.
4: (laughs) Hey. Thank you everyone for listening to this week's episode. Uh, mm-hmm. As per usual, patreon.com slash the official podcast for bonus episodes and episodes of Podophiles. Uploading a brand new episode of Podophiles today or tomorrow. whenever It's out by the time this episode's out. So you can go listen it out at uh, Patreon. Um, yeah, That's everything from us. Thank you for watching and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for having me Bye-bye. on. Take care.
1: Bye.